Hello, welcome to the Capel live chat. My name is Victor and I'm your host for today. And today here with us, we have a very uh, special guest, uh, Mr. Larry Choi. Like, uh, and Larry is currently the director and CEO of ISIS, Yusuf Ishak Institute. And before he joined it, he was a permanent secretary of the um, Ministry of Environment and Water Resources. And before that, he was um, also a permanent secretary of Ministry of Transport. So we are very privileged to have him with us here today. And uh, so we just want to welcome you, Larry. Uh, Thank you. Today, we, we're going to um, dive into and explore about the energy sector. There's lots of discussion and talk about uh, Singapore going green, about the, the clean energy. And we, we got Larry here with us today. And, uh, and this is the reason why. Larry, um, we know that there's this uh, recent uh, energy report that was just uh, being published and we know that you are the chairman coming this committee right? uh, so we would like to just for you to share um, how did this report uh, come about right? and what's the main thrust of this report okay um, well the committee was called the energy 2050 committee and it was uh, commissioned by the energy market authority of Singapore they wanted to bring together a group of experts to look ahead 30 years to 2050 because 2050 is a year in which scientists have concluded that the world needs to reach net zero emissions, net zero carbon emissions in order to avoid a catastrophic climate change. So given the dire situation for the world as a whole, um, EMA wanted a committee to realistically assess what Singapore can do in the electric power sector to try and reach net zero emissions. So to do this study, we had to look at a wide range of trends and factors. Um, and therefore, we were looking for a committee with a range of expertise, uh, but also able to be able to work together. Uh, and three types of experts we were looking for, uh, technology experts, because the technology determines how much we can do to reduce carbon emissions. We also needed business experts, people who were in the energy business, so that uh, you can assess the business trends going forward. And we also needed some public policy experts, people who can see what the governments can do around the world in order to bring about this uh, transition. And this, this uh, committee which worked together for about one and a half years, we came to three conclusions. Firstly, that it is technically viable and also realistic for the power sector in Singapore to achieve net zero by 2050. Hmm. Secondly, uh, this transition will not be easy as it will need very major transformational changes across the entire energy and power value chain in Singapore. Uh, further complexities arise because of the you know, uh, great uncertainties that still exist in the technological and geopolitical trends. So that's the second conclusion. The third one is this, that there are many business opportunities for Singapore to tap into in making this transition because the solutions we develop for ourselves will also be deployable to other cities. So what we do for ourselves can also be 
transferred and uh, in that sense uh, sold as services and models to other countries, other cities especially. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, uh, especially our last point. Right, go to Singapore to pave the way. I want to focus on this second part. When we talk about this transformational shift, sounds very big. Um, what, what do you think are some critical shifts for, for businesses in the, in the energy sector? What do leaders need to be aware of? Okay, so for those who are in the energy or power-related business uh, today, I think it is best that they start positioning for the future now. Uh, many businesses, I think very naturally, prefer concentrating on their existing lines of business without investing too much in risky future trends. Uh, however, this would be a recipe for them to be disrupted by other companies focusing on these new technologies. So they need to have a mindset, uh, not of resisting change, but to anticipate it and to prepare to exploit it. Uh, because this transition is coming about as a result of this very strong imperative, which is to avert climate change. Therefore, uh, the changes will have to be done. Uh, it will be compelled by the very fact that the world as a whole will face an existential threat if we do not deal with it. So the, the power industry, the energy industry, is a very conservative in the industry. It's very slow moving in the past, but that is really going to change drastically in the next 30 years uh, because of the changes forced upon it by climate change. So for those in the power industry, uh, there will be big opportunities in new carbon-free sources, uh, such as solar power, solar, solar generation using uh, photovoltaic uh, uh, cells. There's also new uh, opportunities in hydrogen, as okay. well as some other uh, new technologies, uh, which such as geothermal, uh, even nuclear technologies and carbon capture. Uh, so some of these last three, the geothermal, uh, the nuclear may come a little bit later, uh, mm. carbon capture perhaps later still. Um, there will also be on the services side, many new needs, many new offerings that have to be found in uh, energy efficiency, uh, managing of what we call distributed energy resources, and also in uh, district level energy optimization. You know, uh, in, in that sense, uh, kind of uh, within uh, sub parts of the of the grid today, where energy should be optimized or can be optimized further than what it is done today. Mm. Wow, sounds like a lot of uh, development and innovation going to happen in this space, at least in the right coming up. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Lots of lots of different things. How might other than the, this energy sector you talk about? If I will ask you, how might this transformational shift affect the wider economy? Any inputs from you? So I think at the economy level, uh, because in, in a sense, we have to think of energy as the, uh, after, as the lifeblood of the whole economy. Right? So whatever any the economy does, it needs energy to drive it. So it, at the economy level, there will be a much greater consciousness of carbon conservation and of energy efficiency. 
So land transport, for example, uh, will be uh, moving towards uh, full electrification or it will have to move to other carbon-free fuels. Uh, and then on the industrial side, on the industrial part of the economy, uh, the, today's industries that use fossil fuels in their industrial processes will also need to redesign their processes using different technologies. Uh, they cannot uh, stay still and continue to use fossil fuel in the future. For sectors that do not use fossil fuels directly, uh, they also have to become much more efficient in their use of technology by using better equipment, by harnessing the opportunities to produce their own energy, and also by collaborating, uh, as I said earlier, you know, sort of within a sort of district level <laughs> in order to achieve mutually beneficial outcomes. And this, this is uh, something that will, I think, pervade throughout the whole economy uh, here in Singapore, but actually also in any any city. Uh, so workers in the energy industry also have to be more adaptable. They have to learn new technical skills as the sector goes through its radical transformation uh, in order to reach net zero. While the current energy sector, as I said, happens to be one that is very, very conservative and very risk averse, the future will not be so benign. I expect oh. it to be very fast moving very disruptive and it will necessitate workers to move rapidly from the disrupted segments of the industry to their disruptors and if it is the same company that is uh, you know sort of able to transit from disrupted to disruptor then all the better it will be for workers but if not the workers need to move also because the, the old industry will dry up the new companies will, will you know be in a sunrise sector wow as I hear you, it feels like um, like uh, there's a certain uh, old image of a more conservative, more reservist, and it's going to be something very new. The way we look at this sector, very very futuristic, very fast, and you know, and in a sense, if we use the word like uh, lots of disruptions going to happen in this space, like um, very very interesting. And I'm wondering about um, also. We talk about the the, the workers, you know, the, in this sector because of this shift, right? Um, what what skill sets do you think they need to be intentional, right, in learning to? Because it, it feels like a very big shift. So, what what skill set do you think people who are currently in the sector, right, or, or people aspiring to join this sector? What do you feel like um, they should be intentional to pick up? And I think they have to be conscious, uh, as I said, and which you have also uh, echoed the, 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 the many changes that are going to happen in the sector. Um, and it is, it is happening fast. It is also going to happen uh, in such a way that today, sitting here in 2022, we don't know exactly what these changes are going to be. Uh, for example, we don't know which new technologies will succeed and how long it will take. Um, so many of the technologies that uh, will be needed for a net zero world in 2050, today they are still not mature, but some of them will definitely come through. The problem is knowing which ones, right? So there are risks that have to be taken uh, by uh, companies, by leaders in companies 
um, and they are the ones who will have to uh, pioneer, uh, you know, sort of blaze the trail into this new technologies. Uh, at the the worker level, I think um, they have to be very ready to learn new things. Um, I think the way the world is changing now, uh, it's no longer going to be like what we have seen uh, in the past, where you can learn one discipline and it, it will your your work will just uh, you know sort of be from that discipline. So, for example, it will not be just purely from engineering. Uh, it will not just purely be from economics. Uh, in in many ways, in the in the future, uh, there would have to be a lot of interdisciplinary kind of work, uh, a lot of interdisciplinary skills, uh, because this fast-moving world uh, does require people to understand a more diverse set of forces at work in their uh, in their industry. So, therefore, I think that for for uh, workers, uh, you know, average. Uh, people would have to be much more adaptable. Would also have to be uh, much more able to uh, think across different disciplines. Okay, thank you for sharing that. I um, I'm reminded of um, really this idea of transdisciplinary thinking skills. You know, as you as you share about that, and and of course um, being able to be nimble and adjust, like. Um, for this sector and you know as you as you share this um, sector moving into a very new image uh, i can really imagine uh, this sector will be something that uh, the young generation the new generation will be um, looking forward to because it's so dynamic yeah and and this will be something that uh, when we look at a new workforce there could be many aspiring young entrepreneurs in this space i i, I at least that's how I imagine it to be when um, when we talk about how this sector is going to develop. Right? Thank you so much for sharing like uh, these insights. Very short, um, but I think it's so important when we understand this report. Right? Um, this is how this sector is going to move very fast. Like uh, so, viewers, uh, this is a very short, uh, uh, important update about the energy sector, and uh, we have Mr. Larry Choi just sharing the key trust of this. Uh, 2050 report and we're coming to the end of the today's live chat we hope that you stay tuned for future updates thank you